Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 218, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Thursday, January 6th. I think that date will forever conjure in our minds. Yep. That it is, of course, National Bean Day. Hey! And National Cuddle Up Day. Hey, Just cuddle nothing up else. with a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. We're, a, we're a stuffy, you know, doesn't yeah. matter. Is stuffy a brand name? No, it's just what little kids call their stuffed animals these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell, I'm just trying to be down with the lingo of the uh, three to Dude, four year old set. I remember hearing my nephew or niece say it, and I panicked because I was like, fuck, is that a brand I don't know about? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah that's cool. I, I didn't have stuffies. My doll, that's a stuffy. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Our stuffy is Brown Bunny. My three year old stuffy is Brown Bunny, and Brown Bunny has kind of a fucked up personality, if, I, oh. if I'm being honest. Brown Bunny talks a lot of shit about me. And, wow. uh, but it is based on my three year old fondness for the film Brown Bunny by Vincent Gallo. So, <laughs> my name, who me? My name is Jack O'Brien, aka This is the story of a pod that gets recorded the day before it's dropped. And though the world looks bad and very sad, I absolutely love waking up with Miles. Uh, That is courtesy of Suburban Panic Attack. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I may run and hide when you're screaming my name, Miles Gray. But let me tell you now, there are hot takes to say, Miles Gray. We just want Biden to keep us alive. All you people, can't you see, can't you see how the plague's affecting our reality? They say back to work, we'll say that's fucked up. That's here on the Daily Zeitgeist. Okay, at Paulo Caraventa, that wonderful Backstreet Boys referential, a.k.a. I couldn't tell, even up to the end, even though you fucking nailed it, because I wasn't (laughs) hearing the actual song. I couldn't tell if that was a Bon Jovi or a Backstreet Boys song. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyways, Miles, we are thrilled and fortunate to be joined in our third seat uh, by a brilliant comedian, writer, actor who's written for and appeared on Comedy Central and ABC uh, and his stand up albums. The Blake album, Stuffed Boy and Live from the Pandemic, debuted at number one on iTunes and Amazon and his album 12 Years of Voicemails from Todd Glass to Blake Wexler charted on Billboard. Please welcome the hilarious, the chaotic Blake Wexler! Bliggity Blake yourself before you wax yourself. Bliggity Blake yourself before you wax yourself. Bliggity Blake yourself before you wax yourself. (laughs) Thank you at Paul Garaventa. Double trouble from Paul today for that wonderful introduction. And welcome to the Daily Zeitgeist. Wait, that was Paul Garaventa wrote that for you? He wrote that for me as well. Oh my God. Yeah, he's busy. He's on my uh, on staff. Okay. So, Damn, okay. Paul, try harder on mine, and you might have hit mm. for the cycle, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the that's unexpected. Sombrero. Trifecta, I don't think we've had that. Maybe. Yeah, I don't I know. If it have. ever happened, it would have been with Yamaguchi Main or Hannah Soltis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we'll go Anyways. back through the stats. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to go through, on, on daily through the data. Data. reference. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Blake, how are you? So good to see you. How art thou? Oh, thou art uh, great. I've been covering my neighbor's mother. And, <laughs> sorry, I was just trying to do... <laughs> your, mother, uh, your neighbor's mother? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no rule about that, bro. There yeah. is no rule. They were uh, concise to, honestly, the detriment of interpretation. So <laughs> yeah. that's my one my one problem with the Ten Commandments. Right. Is, yeah. uh, they were too succinct. Too specific, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's my only one. And we, we can talk more about that later. I'm sure we will. But uh, yeah, no, everything's everything's good here. In Philly. Wexler's all about the loopholes. This I'm guy, all, am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. So, um, yeah, no, everything's good. I'm just scooping up. I, uh, I lived on. I moved back to the East Coast, so I've just been scooping up boots and coats and just any any excuse to spend money on things. Boot scoop been, and buggy. You're doing yeah. a boot scoop and buggy in that order. Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. How's the weather? Good. <sighs> Wearing boots. Wet. Slushy. Wearing a well, coat. 
Let me tell you, I honestly, I can't wait till the first time I slip on ice here because I have been really excited about like, I'd rather be cold and bundle up than hot. And I am, I'm just waiting till the first time I slip on ice. And then that will, the complaints in print. Oh, right online digitally i'm going to complain in every medium <laughs> i'm going to be complaining about the weather so that's that's my plug for this week but i have, yeah. I have some complaints coming up but okay. yeah no everything everything's good did you jack did you go back to the east coast during the holidays or, all, or did you the east coast came to us out ah. here yeah both my parents and both my sisters and my sister's kids uh they all came out and the east coast weather followed them it was it was a real shitty weather for a week straight and and Miles, is your goalie still handsome, or um, what's going on with Arsenal? Every, everything I, that's all I know <laughs> oh, about wow. you. I'm on a familiar basis. Ramsdale or Burned Leno, the like shining example of like German uh, Aryan face. Burned, uh, Burned Leno was the name of uh, the roast show that I pitched to um, Comedy <laughs> Central, where I roasted talk show hosts. You know, actually, uh, last since last we spoke, I mean, I feel like Arsenal were in a terrible place. We're now in the top four. Yeah, so, are you really? Yeah, yeah. We've been we had we lost to Manchester City over the weekend, but it was like one of those losses where people went, "Holy shit." Like that was right. a great like they really oh, we had a few calls not go our way. The virtual the, the VAR fuck fuck the fucking video mm-hmm. replay shit didn't go our way. We got a man sent off, but it was a great time. So, yeah, thank yeah, you. Congrats for on your loss. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Russell Westbrook didn't have a turnover for like the first time in like eight fucking years. So he had the best line where he goes like, I'm allowed to turn the ball over. I'm allowed yeah. to have bad games. And it's wasn't like, this thing yeah, is like my game are. isn't predicated on the lack of turnovers. Yeah. And it's like it's right. just, people have gotten very myopically focused on that. But anyway, it is what it is because the Lakers have a lot of unhealthy people supporting mm-hmm. their team. <laughs> Blake and I wouldn't know anything about uh, being happy Unhealthy with losses because uh, no. 76ers just keep winning, bro. They keep winning. It's a yeah. healthy franchise in every aspect. Nothing to complain about. Just yeah. a true model of stability. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. We're kind of like the Yankees of the NBA. We're mm. just, you Thank know, you. cruising yeah, along. Yeah. Like people are begging to come. No one would ever dream of leaving. It's yeah. just a. Yeah, the uh, the Sixers are like the Celtics of the NBA. If we can say that, <laughs> right? Just a well-run franchise. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. The 76ers are playing well right now, and then I had my all of my hopes dashed by like a single paragraph of a Zach Lowe article. This NBA writer who was like, "Yeah, but they don't get any inter- they don't get any rebounds, so they're fucked." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I should probably just stop stop watching them." Then that that does uh, sound like something bad. For yeah. a basketball team yeah. to not do with 33% of the stats that people care about, you know, yeah. is rebounds. <laughs> that's Apparently we don't do that. So, yeah, that's an issue. Yeah. Anyways, though, Joel Embiid, hell of a guy. Love him. Playing, playing well. Also an Arsenal fan. Is he? Yeah. That's He's great. also a Madrid fan. Okay, look. Don't fucking and a Max Verstappen fan. And is he a Max Verstappen kind of... fan? Oh, he is. Oh, God. What a weird choice. I know. Look, we'll get into F1 later. We'll it's get a whole into other F1. podcast yeah. called yeah. A Show for No F1's One. F1's for Act 3. <laughs> the intersection of uh, the NBA with F1. You're going to love it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Blake, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Okay. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that it is January 6th. It is the one-year anniversary of that whole business. And so we're going to talk about, you know, where we're at. How, how we're feeling good i'm gonna predict we're all feeling good and like uh it's been well digested and taken mm-hmm. care of by our country uh we're gonna talk about the most googled chain restaurant we're gonna talk about yellowstone is apparently a very very popular show i actually was on a, a neo-western kick over like the past week uh, last week yeah yeah, yeah it was <sighs> You know, the the buzz out there is yeah. deafening. And we'll we'll talk about uh, the many reasons. This is just going to be a regular segment, possibly every day, where we talk about why the metaverse sucks. All of that, plenty more. But first, Blake, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? So I looked up um, Liberty University Jerry Falwell Mm. because I was watching football and Liberty has a very good quarterback and who's probably going to be in the like first round pick in the NFL next year. And I was thinking like, there's no way that that is the same university 
from that pig weirdo, you know, who was <laughs> who used to yeah. work there, who mm-hmm. was the president fallout. And it was. And I or at least I remember it was I'm wrong about these things all the time, but I believe that that was the answer. So um, I it made me think about how interesting it is that you have these universities like or th- the difference between you kind of forget in sports that like there are universities that are incredibly like conservatively religious like extremely religious universities that are playing teams like like Alabama or South Carolina or something you know what I mean or USC and you forget that these students are who go to these universities are like governed by different rules and have such a different college experience and seeing that juxtaposed next to you know like a state score so BYU for instance you know like a few years ago one of their basketball players was kicked out of the school before the tournament because he had a girl in his dorm room like consensually after hours and it's just it just I thought it was a really interesting thing where you know the good thing about sports is that you're it's like oh these are just people you know you yeah. don't think about like what's happening there you don't think about belief systems or the world that they're living in but I guess like the downfall is it kind of distracts you where you know particularly someone with the belief system that a jerry falwell jr has like you kind of don't think about that and how that affects the lives of young people at you know where he used to run the university so i thought that was that was interesting it also feels like a fake you like it feels not a fake university but like a it it feels like you're telling me that like somebody is uh, the quarterback for devry is like (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. blue chip prospect or yeah. the you know, university tech. phoenix online quarterback uh right. john jacobson is a second round pick <laughs> yeah it's very strange also best name i could improvise off the cuff john, john jacobson, jacobson and i'll take well john jacob jingleheimer schmidt uh a linebacker <laughs> that's my name too actually <laughs> no no shit <laughs> yeah whenever i go out people always shout do the shout there he goes that really just you blew the cobwebs off a weird school memory right there i was like wow do you need a minute yeah no fine i'm gonna put on my school uniform yeah and and shed a tear into an into a yearbook that song is about like uh contagion social contagion it's really you know, it's taking over the name John mm-hmm. J- Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, da, 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 taking da, da, da. over the, the universe. And, you know, do you know, like those circular like because that was one of those circular things that would just annoy the shit out of parents, mm-hmm. you know, like where yeah. you, once you start singing, like you have to have the willpower or someone to scream at you to stop singing this thing over and over. You Are there other yourself. ones that you guys would do? Uh, there was like uh there there de- i think baby shark now is probably one right where like people mm. just sing baby shark and then, then there was stuff. yeah but there's only so many family members blake and at, at a certain yeah. point you got to go out and hunt and there was another uh, kids <laughs> say at my school at last yeah. you're right <laughs> like in elementary school their kids would say they would like they would hear the word like a teacher says the word crazy and they go crazy i was crazy once they put me in a rubber, a rubber room, that is. Then the worms came. They make me crazy. Crazy? I was crazy once. And Wait, these kids what? would just say this shit. Yes, there's some some shit these kids at my school would say. And I was like, yo, y'all are fucking weird. That sounds weird. like a fucking nightmare, man. They were like oh the kids God. who would like bring their toys to school and shit and play with them. You're like, what the fuck is this? Huh. Like, we're yeah. in fucking third grade. You don't even bring toys here. They got Go stuff fucking, for you. Play dodgeball or some shit. Anyway. Which, yeah. if if we're breaking down the name John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, what is the first name? What is the middle name? What is the last name? Is John Jacob the first name, like hyphenated, Jim and Jacob. Jingleheimer middle name yeah. Schmidt last, yes. or Jingleheimer Schmidt? His I think Jingleheimer Schmidt is, uh, yeah, it's a it's a hyphenate. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the mother was Jingleheimer, the father was Schmidt. Yeah, that's John right to me. first, Jacob middle, and then Jingleheimer Schmidt. It's just like a, uh, they did like the, the backstory of that is they are an assassin and that's why they get all three names because they did attempt to assassinate a, a president at, at one point. It apparently came they out killed. of vaudeville. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Because yeah. I heard Jack's rendition that John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt killed Franz Ferdinand. I think killed that's Franz actually. Ferdinand. Uh, yes. Yeah. Gavrilo Princip. They're like, nah, we don't like that one. That <laughs> nah, doesn't really work. Uh, doesn't really, doesn't really, not enough syllables in that guy's name. No. That makes sense that it would be like the Kristen Shawl is a horse version of like for the, do you know that sketch where it's just Kristen Shawl and uh, one other 
kind of indie comic doing a thing where they just keep singing Kristen Shaw as a horse <laughs> over and over again. And it like goes until the entire audience just leaves. The That's so <laughs> funny. So she's I mean, hilarious. Yeah. Her character in uh, What We Do in the Shadows, that series is just, yeah, she cracks me up. She's funny in all everything she does. Yeah. What the? There's some. Oh, yo, this, the John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt Lord, it's like kind of weird. Uh oh. They said it got popular because Girl Scouts would start singing them on outings. But then it says the Times in the 1926, the Times newspaper of Munster, Indiana printed that during a Girl Scout outing, the Scouts sat around a campfire and quote, it was solemnly announced that John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith, after a long and useful life, had died from overwork on the way to Whiting. He was buried with due ceremony, and his ghost is not to be seen until October 1st. All the favorite camp songs were sung. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like now it's a ghost, and he died of overwork. So he's a victim of capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> right. Also, that, so it, it evolved to Schmidt. At, at some point, because there there was a backlash against Germans during World War One and Two, so maybe that was like a little piece of propaganda. No, this place, I do like that they, <laughs> I do like that they're like his ghost will not be seen until like October. it's almost yeah, it's like his ghost, the ghost needs union. a little rest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his schedule is a bitch. He can. I know you're expecting seen. to see his ghost yeah. immediately. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm with the Ghost it. Union, local 443. Yeah, Jing- <laughs> Jacob Jingleheimer Smith, he's not going to be here. He's going to be here October 1st, yeah. okay? You're going to have to wait. Yeah, <laughs> send it up the chain. Blake, what's something you think is like overrated? Overrated hair on men's heads. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I've been thinking a lot, like, my hair, like, it's kind of, it's creeping in the back, it's creeping in the front a little bit. I think I have a little while, I think I have a couple years left on it, but... I've been thinking about like, oh, when my hair goes, I'll probably shave my head, you know, and like grow mm-hmm. a beard or something. But uh, I do from like, be like, I can grow hair here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then transplant it uh, DIY style onto oh, the top of my don't, head. Please don't DIY your hair plugs. All right. Well, Comb yeah. up. <laughs> Comb over from the bottom of the face all the way around. Just like, oh, I like that. Wrap it wow. like a uh, cocktail weenie. Yeah. Well, I, you'll need an ear hole, however, which is the one thing that's stopping <laughs> me from doing that is the lack of symmetry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you guys repeat that? It's like, I can't say anything to you the way you look. I can't say shit to you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, like from people, I think it's one of those things where it's just a thing that men like think about more than anyone else does where when i see like a guy with a shaved head or something i'm not like ah ah you know it's just like <laughs> oh right. that's just a guy that's like john there's a person jacob jingle yes <laughs> okay <laughs> jesus blake <laughs> and, he's, and it's names. october 1st and it's time to get fucked up <laughs> <laughs> sing all his favorite songs around the fire uh. <laughs> no, yeah, th- th- I like. I-, I remember when I was losing my hair. I remember the moment I I caught on to it. It was in the reflection of a of a metallic elevator door. Oh and God! Like I was like, "Yo, what's up with the corner of my hairline?" And <laughs> I remember so shiny going in. I remember I was in Japan at the time. I remember asking like my relatives, my uncle. He was like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's just going." couldn't even give me the and but my and all the men in my you know because you 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 inherit the hair traits from your mother's side right all of them are bald so i've been knowing since like 10 years old since i knew that was it they're like welcome to the show like you're on your way kid and i remember my uncle was like so i guess so i guess he he made a joke he's like oh i guess you really are your mom's kid you're not adopted (laughs) uh was the way he tried to so there was good news there yeah rest his soul thank you it is interesting because I would never think of you, not, not that it's a negative thing, but I would be like, oh, Miles has the right head. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I would never be like, oh, Miles is a bald gentleman or My- Miles is a guy without <laughs> hair, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Like you're Miles. Yeah. Things, things I haven't thought of. But yeah, uh, you know, again, I'm always raising my fist to the sky. I'm like, mm-hmm. did they have to figure out a COVID vaccine before a hair restoration pill? Like, really? Yeah. I thought you meant in pride with like bald solidarity, but you mean ra- like raising your fist to the sky yes, to in the anger. Yes. Like, no, Jack, I think Miles meant a COVID vaccine. Correct me if I'm wrong. A COVID vaccine for bald people. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. Okay. That too. That we yeah. will inherit the earth. Yeah, right. People, okay. A lot of people don't know that. And we are breaking that on today's episode. But the <laughs> yeah. COVID vaccine doesn't work if you're bald. No. Why all those 
which sucks, <laughs> which is why I haven't left the house in yeah. seven months. <laughs> what is something you think is underrated, Blake? When old people curse, like as long as it's non-racial, you know, but like, <laughs> so let me add that qualifier in. But yeah. I've heard like my grandmother used to say crazy where when it was cold, she'd say it's colder than like a witch's tit in a brass bra is like Ooh. a thing that Whoa, she would say when I was fire. a child and yeah. which is a very vibrant image. And then uh, my dad, I heard him say like, son of a bitch bastard dog like at someone like just after he dropped like dro like they dropped something and that was like a very funny thing and i heard him say mother jumper the other day which is <laughs> i believe it's supposed to be a less uh strong version of motherfucker but like someone who jumps mothers to me is so much worse yeah it's than, not very yeah, nice yeah this, I, I jumped a mother because it could mean sex it could mean physical jumped arm, her bones beating them down yes yeah what's that from I jumped her bones i feel like i heard that a lot in like 80s movies oh yeah jump your bones like i don't you, like that yeah what is that even what is that, Edit that out. <laughs> like you're doing a stunt got <laughs> <laughs> that got that we gotta get that out of here um, yeah. but yeah old i'm trying to did like either of your families have like like just either phrases or or would mm. they not curse would they say i mean i would my grandfather on my my on my dad's side, my black mm -hmm. grandfather would say like typical ones where because he went to church, so he hated saying stuff with God in it. Mm -hmm. So he would say, "Golly, he would say, golly, that's right. when you get real mad." Or <laughs> "Doggone it, doggone yeah. it," and "Golly," were uh, rest in peace, my my grandfather Warren. Those are the ones that he was saying. I always laugh when he was like, golly, because <laughs> he was he, the amount of energy that came. It felt like he was saying, like, you know, Christ, cunt. Or something. <laughs> yeah. like it, was, <laughs> it was it was so extreme, but it was, it was just golly. But yeah, that, that, those are about the extent of it. And then the one time he said, I don't like that shit. It was like when he was older and it was like later in his life. And right. he was the the handbrake had come off on like giving yeah. a fuck about stuff because you're like whatever I'm mortal man like I'm not gonna yeah. hold my tongue and I remember it made me laugh so much <laughs> that's some shit I don't like yeah that same grandfather's <laughs> you t you told me that he would fart and then go huh huh like, <laughs> yeah. great like, bit. like somebody said it. something directly behind yeah and, and uh, I I have not <laughs> stopped doing that around my kids see and that's how yeah. he lives on forever exactly <laughs> just that's and great. it was always. Sometimes he would yell, like if they were really loud, be like, huh? <laughs> look behind you. That's the important thing is you have to look behind you. You got to say, huh? It's not what or what? It's huh? huh? If you can get huh, then you got it. You got it. Pardon, Keep... pardon me? Yeah, no, no. No, huh is the best. Come again? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only one that works. That's yeah. great. And then I have a my I guess my parents didn't curse that much, but again yeah. I I pick up on the parents and relatives of friends. My best friend in Kentucky's dad would say someone stepped on a bullfrog uh, whenever he farted, and that's a that good was, one. Yeah, that always yeah. stuck with me too. I, I fart a lot. In case you can't tell, <laughs> yeah. I, I just constantly need uh, things to do because for my farts, yeah. and I do yeah. have to just thank Justin, uh, Super Producer Justin, because I mean the, the these editing. episodes are two hours long during yeah. the edit, but and you just going huh, and we're like we couldn't hear it, dude, so it doesn't work like that. Yeah, you're like well, you should have heard it. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. It was juicy. All <laughs> uh, right. Well, guys, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the fact that it's January 6th. And, of course, uh, Bean Day, speaking of mm -hmm. parts and uh, Cuddle Up Day. And uh, I guess we might get to the fact that it is also the day that Capitol got overrun with help of some Capitol Police or whatever. Mm. Uh, all right. We'll be right back. And we're back. And it's been a whole year since oh uh, <laughs> since Same. we were recording this show being like, wow, huh? Do you, do you There's guys some shit going on right yeah. there, it looks like. Huh. 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 Keep an eye on. Yeah, a year since, as you said, the help of some of uh, the Capitol's finest, uh, we watched in horror as, you know, the slow motion car crash that we saw begin from Election Day like sort of come to pass and 
you know, the hearings have gone on for a while. We've checked in with them. Mostly subpoenas are being ignored. And then we get like drips and drabs of, you know, communications between people in the Trump world. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that was they they just they just didn't have their shit together enough to fully overthrow the government that day. And they really wanted to. But then latest news, uh, rather than just kind of be like, well, where are we now? I just it's better to just check up on the latest thing that happened. And that's around Sean Hannity. Mm. He just got hit with a letter from the January 6th Select Committee about some fucking text messages, not the ones that we heard a few weeks ago that Liz Cheney read out loud of all the like many people from Fox News who are like begging the January 6th shit to stop. No, no, no. They have ones that they're saying are so damning that I think the word seems like insufficient uh, based on like what Sean Hannity was saying. So I just want to read what the select committee was saying in their get over here letter to Sean Hannity. Quote, the select committee has now has information in its possession, as outlined in part below, indicating that you had advanced knowledge regarding President Trump's and his legal team's planning for January 6th. It also appears that you have uh, you were expressing concerns and providing advice to the president and certain White House staff regarding that planning. You also had relevant communications while the riot was underway and in the days thereafter. These communications make you a fact witness in our investigation. Like this one we've never heard from January 5th. Quote from Sean Hannity to Mark Meadows. I'm very worried about the next 48 hours. <laughs> okay. I mean, that I think we said the same thing. Uh, we didn't say it directly to <laughs> yeah, Mark okay. Meadows, I don't think. Okay, but... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. How about let's try this one on for a size. Uh, this is from December 31st, 2020 to Mark Meadows. Also, we can't lose the entire White House counsel's office. I do not see January 6th happening the way he is being told Ooh. after the 6th. He should announce he will lead the nationwide effort to reform reform voting integrity, go to Florida and watch Joe mess up daily. Stay engaged. When he speaks, people will listen. Huh. And you're like, what the fuck? Oh, hold on. What's this thing about the you can't lose the entire White House counsel's office? I don't see the six happening the way he's being told. Well, it sounds like the thing we had heard about where the White House counsel was essentially going to resign in mass to protest the attempted fuckery that was going to go on with DOJ because some dude was about to crown himself acting attorney general to then announce a bunch of nonsense investigations to sort of reinforce the stop the steal narrative to keep the coup energy up. It's pretty wild that he was a week out was like, I do not see January 6th happening the way he is being told. So like, yeah. that's that's pretty that's maybe the most damning thing I've sorry, dang nabbiting thing I've Thank heard. <laughs> Darn it. To this thing point. You've seen. Huh? Ing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's another one where he's talking about he's like, hey, I spoke to him and like, I don't like that. I don't think he's understanding me. It's like very he said, guys, we have this is on January 10th. So this is the text that he sent after. Right. Everything went down. Quote, this is to him again, speaking to, I believe, Mark Meadows saying, guys, we have a clear path to land the plane in nine days. Oh, this is to him and to Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan and then wrote. Quote, he can't mention the election again, ever. I did not have a good call with him today. And worse, I'm not sure what is left to do or say. And I don't like not knowing if it's truly understood. Ideas? Mm. So it sounds like people, these this group of people definitely have, you know, the people have mentioned that Hannity has been in the ear of the White House for a long time. But when you see it like this, it sounds like people who are like, yo, what the fuck? He's not, he's not sticking to the script. Like, this is the shit we planned. Yeah. It's, I'm not one to defend Sean Hannity, but are we sure when he said I'm very worried about the next 48 hours, he wasn't talking about the hit CBS show? That's my favorite show. The <laughs> next episode of 48 hours. It's mm. a great question, Blake. OK, that's, I'm yeah, not expecting should... an answer. I'm just bringing it up as a concern. Is it the first 48 hours or do they have also the next 48 hours, a sequel to the first 48 hours? Just uh, 48 hours neat. No ice, mm -hmm. nothing. Just 48 hours. Yeah. Pour no me a 48 hours neat. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, you should talk to Jay Sekulow, his lawyer, and maybe you can offer that as a possible defense. You That's might actually... know the episode <laughs> titled The Corn Rake Murder. <laughs> oh, yeah. A classic. That yeah. might be the I'm really worried about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I just wanted to, again, like, I, I obviously, I'm, the, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. That's fine. And, and when so, we need that to have a fair and balanced show. Since yeah. we are a year later from this, like, I, I do just want to take a moment to, like, ask the question, what do we think 
he, he has learned since these messages. Like, I would assume that he, the, the lesson that he has learned from the ensuing year is that he was wrong. That, like, he should not have been telling him not to fire the entire White House counsel's office or have them all resign because there were no consequences. <laughs> like, they just got away with it. Like, did, right? Like, he, he's not... He's not looking back at this and being like, well, I really avoided, uh, steered him clear. He's probably looking back and being like, man, I, I didn't realize how little people gave a shit about about something like this. Right. I, I don't know. That's hard. It's hard to get into the minds of these people because there's so much cognitive dissonance, like at the center of their world. Like and it's just they just do the thing that most people do when they have those moments just double down. But I don't know if deep down, like. These texts suggest that Sean Hannity's like, y'all, this right. is a fucking weird plan. You should not like it's completely like this is unlike anything I'd ever seen. Like, I'm fine screaming racist shit on TV and like making it hot for libs. But like to violently overthrow the government, like in such an underhanded way out in the open, they're like, that just feels like a bridge to that. That I think that's the most charity I can give Hannity based on yeah. these texts is that yeah, he's yeah. like. Yo, I'm smart enough to know it's like you don't want to get mixed up in this if it goes left. Oh, I, I'm assuming but. he is only giving this advice based on the fact that he thinks it's going to be unsuccessful and he thinks it's going to be a bad look for the president, which is what everybody like kept. That seems to have been the thesis of everybody was, you know, in those texts we saw last month. Everybody seemed to be being like, stand down, like tell everybody to chill out. This is a really bad look like. You're going to it's going to kill your political career. I think in the year since it has been proven that that is not the case, that they were overestimating the power of the mainstream media and the like underestimating the the control that Trump has over the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. And like now I feel like if were this to happen again today, they would just be like, you should have planned better type thing and less like come out and denounce this at once because that you know that didn't really do it nobody's like yeah they're i think they're operating in a world where they're like dude we're gonna get in deep shit for this yeah and then yeah like you're saying it didn't happen and i think even then that's like a weird momentary check for everyone too or they're like nah but we were fucking scared of that happening but also the clock's ticking on us being able to continue to win elections without having a plurality of votes. Right. So then what do we do? So that's, yeah. So I don't discount like the sort of living, breathing creature that is the Republican party to do what it has to do to survive. Like they're not going to just be like, you're right, folks. The ideas were too bad. Right. I guess we just got to figure it out before people will vote for us because their whole thing is like, no, well, fuck that. People are wrong. They're stupid. And I think we just need to make everyone's decisions for them. What's that called? A, A authoritarian regime? I don't know, yeah. whatever. I, I think what it is, too, is that I mean, this sounds so simple, but the fact that no uh, members of the like no representatives were detained or did come into physical contact with these people, I think it, this is so silly. But the fact that the government wasn't overthrown and the fact that these representatives weren't actually I mean, they were in danger, obviously, but Mm -hmm. there was no nothing, nothing horrific happened. Does that does that make sense where no physical harm came to these people? I think just uh, to for once try to be concise in my goddamn life. The (laughs) fact that nobody was physically harmed, that I think was the the line that would be crossed for this actually to matter in a mean in a political way. Does that make sense? A lot of. Yeah, a lot of people point to like Republicans who were fucking panicked yeah. in the chamber. They're like, dude, these guys are shooting out of the fucking doors into the hallway and like cowering that they definitely knew how bad it got. But I think that's just how quickly shit had to shift because it's like, well, we can't sit in that because then we look guilty. We're going to have to quickly move past to that. It was nothing. It was nothing, even though it was probably one of the most vivid, weird fucking experiences I've ever been in my life. As a conservative talking point, being afraid is not something that is popular to say, you know, like where I think as a liberal, as a demo, you know, like as a liberal, it's like, oh, feelings are OK. You know what I mean? Like you were feeling scared. The the liberal uh, representatives are like, oh, we were really, really afraid. A Democratic voter can accept that a lot easier than a conservative voter where in my this is my opinion. But I think a conservative 
someone who's conservative politically wants strength, wants yeah, power, yeah. wants. And to say that I'm afraid is giving up political capital. You know, like you need to like express a position of strength saying right. if you're a Republican, oh, I was afraid is not good for your party and it's not good for you to try with your voter yeah. base. Well, because well. I think that's what, you know, co- conservatism is all about. It's not about progress or moving forward. It's about staying very rigidly in this era where people don't have fucking feelings. I've never heard of fucking trauma. I never heard of this. It's just like you either if you fucking get her done or you don't. Are you scared? What the hell is that? And. I think that's just, yeah, like you're saying, that does have an appeal to voters uh, of a certain mm-hmm. disposition. But, yeah, it, it's it, in the long view, we kind of like look at this. And, yeah, I, too, look at what the media has done, their lack of being able to properly communicate, like how awful this is, because they're afraid that they're picking sides, because that's really the thing that is governing the outward messaging to be like, this is so bad. I don't know if we know this. The whole country's in chaos. Like those stories come up, but I, you know, I don't, I don't see the same motivation to warn people because like they're even looking at like all this voter suppression. They're like, golly, yeah. what are they doing? <laughs> and it's like, this is a fucking existential threat. But yeah. Yeah. this is uh, that's that's the other part of this. Um, the other part of January 6th, though, is to talk about Donald Trump. He had a big old like press conference planned for today like on the anniversary of january 6th he had some shit to say he was like it's gonna be this whole event that conservatives were gonna rally around on the anniversary but it got canceled at the fucking last minute and was it because other conservatives told him dude this is a terrible fucking idea maybe but if you ask him he'll put it like this in a dude this is only a fraction of like this long thing he wrote (laughs) about why he's actually canceling his january 6th anniversary speech quote in light of all that, I'm not kidding, even do, do his fucking voice. In light of all the total bias and dishonesty of the January 6th, fuck it, unselect committee of Democrats, <laughs> two failed Republicans and the fake news media, I'm canceling the January 6th press conference at Mar-a-Lago on Thursday. And in, instead, we'll discuss many of those important topics at my rally on Saturday, January 15th in Arizona. It will be a big crowd. Hell what yeah. has become more and more mm-hmm. obvious to all is that the lamestream media oh, yeah. will not report the facts that Nancy Pelosi and the cap, blah, blah. It's just, it goes on and gone and on. The fact is, every Republican who he spoke to was like, or people were talking to his orbit were like, do not fucking do this. This is the worst fucking thing you can do. Also, people need to be focused on real issues. Don't fucking bring the clock back to this. And Laura Ingram apparently also turned down a request for him to appear on her show to talk all this shit. So it all boiled down to the fact that it wasn't really the lengthy media, but the fact that he wasn't going to get live, like live television coverage. Yeah. And that's all he wanted. And I think when so that's interesting to see what that's in. That's another that's all part of Trump's like realization process as well. I feel like where he's just like, oh, fuck, like I can't even get on live TV anymore. (laughs) Like, what do I do? UFC fight against Jake Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Paul wouldn't take that, but like this doesn't feel comforting to me that like Laura Ingram like turned him down so much as it just seems like they're they, like the whole aftermath. Like wait, when you think back to like where we were on the sixth and like watching this and everybody being shocked and being like, wow, they're really like showing their ass at this point. Like Trump is showing his ass, like especially because this is based on like a complete lie that is like easily provable as as such. This is like, I think there was a sort of mainstream consensus that this was going to be a like, okay, we've hit a breaking point with this shit. Like let's watch the wave kind of recede type of moment. And instead I feel like it's been more like they've been given an act break to like sort of gather themselves and strategize in the wings while Biden is like on stage, not doing a whole hell of a lot. And it's just, yeah, it just feels like it's a chance for, it's not like the high watermark for authoritarianism. It's like a, Mm -hmm. a break for authoritarianism and yeah, the, like, I don't know. It's like Hitler's prison term where he took a break to write Mein Kampf. It's like the 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 time where he gets to like sit back in the cut and strategize and build and just like that. I, I also think like the thing that nobody could have predicted on this day a year ago is that the public 
would be more alienated than ever before with like sort of the increasingly mainstream frustration with the pandemic. And, you know, I, I feel like I know more people today who are closer to buying into some form of like conspiracy theory thinking than I did a year ago. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can compare 2019 people I know to 2021, 22 people, and I'm 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 blown away. Yeah. And and it, it is to that point, that frustration, it creates opportunity for people to adopt like these sort of alternative, you know, explanations for what's happening, which is why so many experts on like democratic collapse are just saying, you know, if the U.S. like, you know, had more like support for people like could actually eliminate some of the tension that's brought on by the pandemic, like economic uncertainty or like debt and things like that, that has a very massive effect on people's thinking in terms of like going towards something more like authoritarian or conspiratorial, because on you're 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 taking away these sort of pain points that motivate someone to go deeper or find an explanation because the one that they have, which is like, I live in a cruel, shitty world, right. like sometimes isn't enough, unfortunately. Yeah. And, so, and they have more yeah. time to think about it, too, where, you know, with even remote work or, you know, like not doing as many things because of COVID, you're in front of your computer more often, you're alone more often, like you have excuses not to go out and like, you yeah. know, and I mean, this probably has something to do with the metaverse as well. But like, <laughs> you know, you can you just have more time and more empty, like idle, idle space in your brain to explore these conspiracy theories. And when, when you're locked down, you don't have as much perspective on what's real and what's logical. And then it's just so easy to fall into these silos of like-minded, you know, thinkers that I think that's another big difference between 2019 and now where there's just so many factors that lead to this shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah. And I think there's an, also an overarching, like there's a reason that all of the, like toss ups are breaking the same way, and it's because we have a fucked up system that's reaching a breaking point, and yeah. people, the authoritarians, are rushing in to exploit it, and the Democratic Party is not built to exploit it. No, it's like kind and, of yeah, the bones even, are the system of the Democratic like, Party, right? Like the bones are about to break themselves. You know right. what I mean? Because it's yeah. like it can't withstand its own weight anymore, and. Like, like just the idea of like being able to aid people. It's like we're clearly at a point where we have to invert the dynamic where a plurality of people are enjoying like the benefits of a, of a like a, a healthy economy rather than the most moneyed people enjoying that. And because we would have to reorient to put people without money ahead of people with money, it's just incompatible with how the country is. So like we're then that's the issue. We're asking the country to do an impossible thing. So I don't see how anything happens unless it has these like really fucking freaky moments where we're like, oh mm-hmm. shit, what the fuck? Right. Because we're we have the the way our leadership is structured and our political ideology in this country, it's it's only it's always to be to benefit the wealthy. And because what we need is the opposite, it's just like, bro, I don't know how to fucking do that. Right. I can like, I can make gestures towards it, but like truly like formative, transformative shit. Well, that's not, can't happen with these people. It can't happen with the way our, like our elections are funded and the way our tax code is set up. It just can't happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's the, that's what makes it a little bit frightening is to know that uh, for as much as like the optimism there is for, you know, Joe Biden's agenda and things like that, there's shit that I think that's really needed. It's just com- it's antithetical to how we operate. And I, d- I don't know if that's discussed enough either, like a true confrontation to be like, I think more than anything, the way everything's been moving the last few decades, it's just unsustainable. And we're seeing all of the fucking evidence right now because right. I can't point to people who are like you know just not out people who are not wealthy saying my life has got become exponentially better here now i get comparatively when you leave a very stressful situation from somewhere else you can find moments for improvement and things like that but i feel like the people who are who really talk about like they've really benefited are wealth the wealthiest people like people that are wealthier even beyond our imaginations and i think that's the the hard part about it all you 
What if I was just like after that beautiful statement? I was like, oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm fucking crushing it over here. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. It was so well said. Just completely undervaluing. Like, oh, sounds like a lot of talk. Sounds like John Jacob <laughs> Jingleheimer Schmidt <laughs> had a little too much. Didn't know he was on the podcast. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and talk about the most Googled chain restaurant. Hey! <laughs> And we're back. And, you know, this is this is a uh, hard hitting shit where Google has released the most Google chain restaurant. And what what are we looking at, Miles? Hit us with the with the facts. Uh, so hit us look, with the scorecard, Harold. Who is the most Google chain restaurant is Starbucks. Wow. OK, followed by McDonald's, oh. then Domino's, mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A. Pizza Hut and our blessed Taco Bell uh, right at the end, at the death, just snatched it. And the the writers at the takeout, I only bring this up because not because it's really that important, but the uh, over at the takeout, they had some theories of like why Starbucks like is so much more ahead in like the rankings. Like I think it was in 30. It was like the 39th most searched thing. And then McDonald's like the 55th or something that it's things like they have more varied menus that are like in like in localities, they have different menus or that they have seasonal items like, you know, Christmas drinks and fall drinks and shit like that, or cups mm. and stuff. And they're also in dense urban centers. So people might be just saying, yo, let me Google, where's a Starbucks? Right. But my theory really, I think is that the thing that pushed them over the edge or get, put them so far ahead is that it was all around, I think, that struggle for labor rights and how much of a top of mind thing, not that for the entire country, but in Buffalo, those those stores that were unionizing, that took up a lot of of like the conversation air during that time. Like everyone was like talking about it. We heard like, you know, we played some of the cringy monologue from the former CEO. And I think there I think that drew a lot of people in, because as much as I'd like to think pumpkin spice lattes and commemorative cups drove the traffic search, I think their place in the potential domino effect of like worker rights gave it a little bit more there was more interest from the general public aside from just anyone. Cause I, I'm not to say that every person who was like working at a, like a quick service restaurant was like, I got to focus on Starbucks, 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 but that news and around it, I felt like just created more headlines and more attention around it. Just mm. my, two I think that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I also really like what you're on to with the different pieces of news or no- new things that they come up with. Starbucks always has new drinks. Domino's has like driverless delivery and all that. It's like Chick-fil-A. You got to know like which day is it closed. Pizza Hut is always like has a new box filled with shelves of food in it, you know, and Taco mm-hmm. Bell always has new stuff. I do want to know why anyone would ever Google McDonald's because it is always the same. <laughs> And you're not trying to find one because if you just drive, like you'll run into one. You know what I mean? Like you don't if you're on a road trip, there'll be a sign for it on the highway. They're everywhere. I do not know why you would Google McDonald's. Like that's my first Google every morning, Blake. Is it? Yeah. I'm just like, what are they up to? What's McDonald's got going on? Just making sure it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure it's it's the same thing. How's that clown? You know what's wild, though? It got so the things that people it got more people search McDonald's more than Netflix. Wow. Which seems like, or Bank of America. So this is one of my... That's crazy. ...questions slash theories is that, like, Starbucks and Domino's both have really good apps. Yes. Applications, not appetizers. I got it. And... Love the CB deck bites. So, like... I was so fucking confused when you first said that. I almost (laughs) threw up on my pants. So thank you for... For fixing that, yeah, that is something that happens to you when you're confused. And yes, uh, we we have to give you a very gentle briefing before every episode, or else it's, it uh, takes so it's much a mess time. in here. <laughs> and I appreciate it. Yeah, but like, so I'm just trying to. McDonald's makes more sense to me because nobody's like going into the McDonald's app and like ordering on the McDonald's app. Like Domino's is the one that I get. Yeah, I guess they had the news hook about driverless cars, but f- for the most part, I can't imagine. Like Googling, unless you're just like, what's the phone number for Domino's? Because I don't use apps. That, like, were they? 
I mean, they, I don't know if they were also making headlines with like all the, you know, like minimum wage talk, but hmm. was there anything that put McDonald's like in the, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. All that to say, people are focused on the quick service world. And yeah. Long, uh, may, I mean, not long may the struggle last, but long may continue until we get better treatment. Now, if Google really wanted to grab our attention, they would be breaking each of these searches down by, like, how many of the people were Googling Starbucks because they needed a place to shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, that's, I have to think that's, like, 40% of the, like, tra- you know? Like, right, uh, right, right. There's one, it's just Starbucks dick and coffee. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're honestly, like, just as confused as you. Back when yeah. I uh, worked at Cracked, there was a search term. I'm drawing a blank on, like, what it was. It was something with, like, horse, I think horse dicks. Good. That was one of, like, the top search terms that landed people on the website like when you got down it was always like in the top 100 and we could never figure out why it was like horse cock miles gray was a big one yeah like, yeah yeah <laughs> yep that you had one miles yeah like yeah. i collect them yeah <laughs> right? yeah I, I like that i love your necklace by the way <laughs> oh thank you yeah your shelves are buckling under the yeah body. well <laughs> i'm i'm getting an i'm getting a delivery of a clydesdale later it's oh. uh yeah Oh man! Now Big I have news. to picture what do Clydesdales dicks have the like fluffy white fur like the bottom of the hooves? At the I mean, oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting, Blake. Yeah, you know <laughs> those amphibians that have it's uh, not a salamander, but it has the floofy gills like up near its head. Mm. Is it that situation with the Clydesdale right. hog with the floofy fur at the top, right? Or yeah, is it yeah. at the base where? The pubis. Oh, yeah. What's it called? Like a axolotl or something? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> the, and you nailed the pronunciation. Yep. You Ax- nailed uh, it. Uh, it's, and it's a very difficult it's word to axel read. Axel Foley? Yeah. Ax- yeah. The Axel Foley? Axel Rose Aquatl? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> All right. Briefly, I, I want to talk about Yellowstone. Because they just had their season four finale. This is a, if, if you're not familiar, it's a kind of neo-Western show starring Kevin Costner what's, made what's by... What's technically neo-Western? Genre New Western. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's... I. It might be a term I just made up, but <laughs> I think it's... I think it's like No Country for Old Men, Blood Simple. You know, Taylor okay. Sheridan, the creator of the show Yellowstone, has also made Hell or High Water and Wind River. So it's like yeah. westerns that take place in a more modern setting. Right. They say with right the definite subgenre that adopts its character setting and themes and transplants them with contemporary sensibilities. Got it. Got it. Right. So I think also like, Unforgiven and more like postmodern westerns would count as neo westerns, but like I think that I don't know. I find right, it more. Like the, you could say Mandalorian is a neo western too, right? Because it's there very you go. Much using the producer same Becca tropes. just wrote a neo western is a western with a shaved head. Oh, I, think. <laughs> with, I like give my bad jokes. And Doc Martens producer. with red laces. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I, sorry, yeah, yeah. Becca and Justin gave me that joke simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but so I I got I got on a big neo western kick over the break and like watched Blood Simple No Country like the movies that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's <laughs> but so Taylor Sheridan is the guy who made Hell or High Water and Wind River and the he created this show. It's about a family that like owns the largest private ranch in Montana mm-hmm. and have to defend against outside forces like bordering native reservations and a public park and land developers so so they nailed one villain of those three the dreaded public park (laughs) yeah i now i don't know what his point of view is on this like maybe they're maybe they're like anti-heroes but you know it, it does make sense that it would be salient now seeing as like private property i like you know the bundies out in the West, I feel like there's very interesting things happening right. in that world. And I feel like private property seems to be kind of the original sin of 
the United States that we can't really recover from. And so this is all to say I'm going to watch Yellowstone or some mm-hmm. of it and actually have a, a well-informed take instead of wasn't, this. Yeah. Wasn't there this finale, like, just setting records? Yeah. So this like, it was something season like- four finale hit, like, had the highest ratings for a day of, and, like, they, they premiered it on, I guess it's Peacock, even though it seems like it's on Paramount Network show it streams on peacock and they had like nine million people watch it on the day it came out which is a new record which is pretty wild when you realize that like every show in the top 10 of like most streamed shows is on netflix other than this one but i mean it's it's definitely one of those it's like the it's again one of those shows like the biggest show that i don't know about at all yeah, and I just see constantly see pre rolls for it, and I'm like, I don't know, it's Kevin Costner, cool, but yeah, it's yeah. the neo western man. I just do it. so. I did watch Wind River, which is the only of the one of those movies, those neo westerns I hadn't seen, and it's about like crimes done to native peoples on like native reservations, and its protagonist is a fish and wildlife tracker played by. Jeremy Renner. (laughs) But it's cool because uh, his ex-wife is Native American. Oh, cool, cool, That's fine. But not not his love interest, mind you. His love interest is Elizabeth Olsen, who is a FBI agent who comes in to help solve the crime. But, like, yeah, the the Native people aren't very useful or capable of dealing with their own shit in the movie. So there's, like, some very serious white savior shit going on. Hmm. But... I, I do want to watch this and see, like, how they're handling a story yeah. that centers on a Bundy-like clan trying to defend their private property rights against the public park system. <laughs> like, I can't think of... Uh, I mean, it's got to be good, you know? Like, because you don't do numbers like that and be a totally, like, nonsense show, you know? So, not to say that, like, it's not true. <laughs> No, no, no. But I mean, like, you know, that they're like, even when I watch shows that do numbers, I'm like, oh, I see why people fuck with it. I've never seen like a show. Like, right. What the f- this is complete. This is like a fever dream. I don't understand this at all. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, you guys haven't seen a single one of these, right? The, a single episode of Yellowstone? Not not one yet. I, I, I started in I the have middle. A, I have a rechargeable battery thing. I got as a promo for it. Yeah. That counts. I saw the hell out of some billboards when it first came out. Yeah, that's about it, man. <laughs> I, I thought you said Mystic River when you said Wind River. And uh-huh. when I was in high school, I got, like, hired to write, like, hired. Uh, it probably was free. It was free. To write, like, <laughs> the dirty, like, dirty movie titles, I guess, for a morning show. And I asked my best friend Jeff to help me. And he wrote, like, a hundred of them. But they were all so bad where it was, like, Mystic River of semen was like one of the ones that he wrote and it's like no you gotta like do wordplay and it was like pirates of the caribbean having sex with each other it's like you can't no no just put wordplay wordplay kind of with jeff on this one man i think i think you steered him wrong (laughs) i think i did too (laughs) mystic river of semen's pretty good (laughs) super producer becca what which show was good i did again i'm yellowstone yellowstone's good yeah Okay. Yeah, Stanley Yellowstone was good. I, I watched, watched it. it with my mom. Uh, okay. While I was home. While in Texas. From the South. Yeah. And Yellowstone, she loved it. And they have like, um, I don't know if it's a spinoff, but it's the same creators who did Yellowstone, I think. But it's like based in like, I don't know, the Oregon Trail. Gotcha. Right. 18. It's like got some year title. Yeah. Right? It's a prequel. Like, it's like these yeah. people's ancestors. But that has country stars. Faith Hill and um, wow, I'm spacing. Very famous um, Kim McGraw. Star Kim is McGraw. a matter of opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love Kim McGraw. So. All right. Well, I, now I am feel less dread about the fact that I just promised to watch some of this. Yes, but yeah, Zeitgang, let us know thoughts on Yellowstone. Yeah, is it the new uh, Bosch? Yeah, is it your dad's favorite show. <laughs> All right. Well, Blake. Uh, yeah. Such a pleasure, as always, having you on TDZ. Where can people find you and follow you? Uh, I am at Blake Wexler on everything. By the way, I love doing this. Thank you for having me, both of you. And um, also, you, I, host, I host a podcast 
called, if you want to call it that, called Blake's Takes for God's Sakes. And uh, it's essentially what this would be without anyone else on it. It's it's just me free associating, riffing with myself for 45 minutes each week. And um, yeah, I love it. A lot of people don't, but it is uh, it is at it's been described as a disaster, but it does exist and you can download it. And um, I have some stand up dates coming up as well um in january january 21st and 22nd i'm going to be in raleigh north carolina at good nights february 24th the comedy fort in fort collins colorado Mm. and then uh, february 25th to the 26th denver comedy lounge in denver colorado so yeah that's uh that's where i'm at but this was this was so much fun thank you guys and you're welcome to plug whatever you'd like it's kind of like a neo-western tour it really is. Yeah, the, it really yeah, is. Man. Maybe I'll call Fort? it that. You're going to forts? I'm going to forts. I'm going. I'm to... assuming our understeady, you know, bombardment from the British. We're planning a siege uh, for Saturday <laughs> night late show. Nice. <laughs> so, it's going to be cool. Bring your hooks and ladders. Yes. There you go. Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been? Oh, sorry, what? Blake. <laughs> hey, Blake. Hey, hey, how are you? I almost skipped You're over a question that I love to ask our guests, which is, what is a tweet... Or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? A tweet from at Jeff McDev on Twitter. I came across this video of Wilt Chamberlain dancing and it brought me so much joy. <laughs> I wanted to share it with all of you. It is but in Wilt the Chamberlain dancing for 14 seconds next to regular size people. And his body, it looks like it was edited to, you just don't see someone like that. And it's like, God, this guy had style and he had he had it this dude yeah. so it's um one of those like almost like a soul train type like dance show oh he's on the fever he's on the fever let's see let's see all right we're gonna watch it volleyball, but he'll always be remembered as the Oh, my God. Looking like a coked out turkey. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Okay, Will. Whoa, he got honey in those hips. Wow. Okay. That guy's intros rival mine. I I was jealous of that intro. intro. (laughs) Holding the the NBA record of most games, most points in a game. 100. (laughs) (laughs) 100. (laughs) 100. Oh, boy. That's amazing. Yeah. Arguably one of the great athletes in any sport ever. Mm -hmm. It looked like those two, like, people that were not of Wilt Chamberlain size height. He was, like, using them as crutches almost. (laughs) Yeah. Like, holding his hands to come. He's just so tall. And he's like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Two human walking sticks. Yeah. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance, that I do with Sophie Alexandra, where we talk 90 Day Fiance. If you like mm. that, come check that out. A tweet I like. First one is from Andres Dubochet, at A-M Dubochet, B-O-U-C-H-E-T-C-H-E-T. And the list is One Man Cover Bands, Jeff Leppard, Ned Zeppelin, <laughs> Earl Jam, Alan Chains, Radio Fred, Lou Two, Ted Hot Chili Peppers, Dan Steely, and Jimagine Dragons. <laughs> um, <laughs> lastly, I just want to do this from Judd Harris at Visible Judd tweeted, and this is from my bilingual folks out here. Tres leches en esta economía. <laughs> That's really funny. That's pretty good. Killed me. <laughs> killed me <laughs> let's see Anna Dresden tweeted uh, Titanic should have been called Vacation Boyfriend and uh, <laughs> Connor Tripler tweeted I actually have good reason to shoot the messenger for one I do not like what he's telling me <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist we're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram we have a Facebook fan page and a website DailyZeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song that we think you might enjoy. Blake, what do we say about that? (laughs) What do we say about 
doing the emphasis on that. Yeah, it's come on. Man. Footnotes hmm? is the footnotes, one that we man. emphasize, man. Okay. Not well, episode. this is why we don't publish the F of Jesus <laughs> that you're on. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I literally have no clue. Oh, uh, man. Miles, what what's a musical recommendation? You know what? The, all this talk of neo-western, I instantly just thought of the the track by the French MC MC Solar with two A's. And the track is called Nouveau Western. And I really like the track because it, there's a sample of Serge Gainsbourg's Bunny and Clyde in it. If you're familiar with Serge Gainsbourg, great track. But that is turned into a beat. And it's like from the early 90s French rap. But it's Nouveau Western. And I felt like perfect for what we're talking about. So check nice. that one out. Hell yeah. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning, but we are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.